On this week's episode of The Stack, we talked about Google's new update to search, how images affect SEO, and Facebook's ranking signals for comments. So um, we're here for another week in our new studio, which is looking pretty swanky. Is that a good word? To Didn't you you this? use that right before the podcast? Swankalicious. Who, no, you did. Yeah. Did I? Oh, I think so. He oh yeah, swanky, swanky music. music. Yeah. yeah, we've got oh, some oh, new yeah, yeah. swanky music selected by Ryan and Tim because it made, it made me happy. Me smile. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So. If this is your first time listening to the stack, uh, each week we talk about the latest developments in the world of marketing, sales, and tech, and break it all down for you and give you some actionable tips and tricks and takeaways, things that you should do to get better at your marketing efforts. Yeah. Um, and today is episode number 57. So yep. we've done quite a few of these. Um, it's kind of cool, right? Yeah. we. I think, well, the old, once we brought back the stack from yeah. its sad little death. This well, is <laughs> this is the, this is really episode 4 like 40 on the podcast. It's still a lot. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. it's a lot. I've done quite a few. Yep. <clears throat> um yeah, so I guess it'll be fun to walk through the history. So, um initially we started the stack as a Facebook live show, which was a lot of fun, allowed us to do cool things cuz we were able to like demo some of the tools we were talking about. Um but uh it, there are all sorts of issues with going on Facebook Live. Sometimes your connection drops out. You have buffering issues and mm. just decided it was too much stress and not enough return. Especially the live demo. On the effort, yeah. Yeah, yeah like the tool would not work, you know, yeah. when you were demoing it live. So <laughs> so we just talk about it now instead. Um, we do want to bring back video at some point, but... Um, some cameras in these corners up here. Yeah, yeah. So um, once we stopped doing the video, we just continued to record the podcast right in the middle of our office where all of our desks are, where we work and, um, we've upgraded it and we now have a dedicated studio for the podcast. This is our third, second, I don't know. Second. How many? So, yeah. Oh, cause you, so we did, didn't, you didn't do it last week. No, we didn't. We didn't. So it's been a little bit off because Ryan was off honeymoon, honeymooning and yeah. Tim's been off Seattling. Oh, did you guys not do it? When, when I was no, we did do it without okay. you in Seattle. Yeah. yeah. But not last. Oh, you don't week. listen. <laughs> not, not when I'm not when I'm in Seattle now. <laughs> well, we're back in our normal routine, and um, uh, yeah, let's let's dive in. So this this first article is coming from Search Engine Lands, written by Barry Schwartz, who was probably in the same room as Tim two yeah, weeks ago, was, right? He received I, I forget the exact title of the award, but he more mm. or less received a I'd, I'd say like a lifetime contribution to Search kind of thing. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, and uh, just a little update. Uh, if you did listen a few weeks ago, we were, um, Tim was in Seattle because uh, our agency was nominated for, um, I think it was like SEO It was uh, overall like effort or something like for that. For the enterprise class. In the enterprise category. Yeah. So we were a finalist, which was awesome. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't the, the winner and congrats to the winner. I don't yep. recall who it was, but, Forgetting. but yeah, honored to be uh, recognized there. So we like Search Engine Land. Thank you for recognizing our work. Um, but this article comes from Search Engine Land, and it's Google Search Updates. I'm sorry, Google Search Update aims to show more diverse results from different domain names. And Tim, you actually discovered this. You want to sum it up? Yeah. I mean, so, over largely, what it means is, you know, a lot of times if you do a, a search, um, it's not uncommon for one search to be dominated by a single domain. Like if you 
search for something around careers, more often than not, I tend to see stuff from like Indeed. Yeah, it's all like, yeah, like Indeed, yeah. Indeed, Indeed. Um, <clears throat> in an effort to shake things up and just bring some more um, diversity to the the SERP, <laughs> um, they're they're making a conscious effort to try to limit that to two results per domain core results core results and not that doesn't include things like featured snippet or images or things like that it's just the the core bl- blue title mm-hmm. results um but they reserve they of course reserve the rights to um forego that in uh, certain cases if it makes more sense which yeah. i'm pretty sure sean had said is likely surrounded by branded searches. Yeah, we had an example yeah. of that yesterday. Yep. So um, there's this uh, sentence in here. It says, however, we may still show more than two in cases where our systems determine it's especially relevant to do so for a particular search. Yesterday, we were analyzing a branded search where it was query plus brand name and like the entire page was content from that brand's website, even though we didn't explicitly state, you know, only show me yeah. content from that website. So yeah, there, you're still going to see uh, exceptions to this rule. And I've also, I've just, I've seen some examples too where it's um, not branded, a branded search, but it still re- returns more than two for a single yeah. name. Because, just because it's, it's the content is better. It's better yeah. than the other stuff that's yep. out there. Um, so that's still, I think uh, quality is still a very, you know, one of more, it's more important. I think Honestly. in this, I think in this article, speaking about the Indeed and like Yelp, I think it was specifically Yelp. I think so too, actually. Um, yeah. Someone had tweeted out an image and, and then someone from Google had responded. It was like, yeah, well, it's not perfect. You know, like any other update, they're going to be rolling out additions and, and things like that to make it more and more perfect. But um, definitely something to keep an eye out for, for sure. Yeah. And, I th- you know, so making this actionable, uh, a few things to, to keep in mind. Um, first and foremost uh, is that's. You know, if you currently have multiple pages on your website or historically have had multiple pages on your website, all ranking for the same query, that's probably going to change. Uh, you'll be lucky if you have two. You'll more, more likely just see one. Um, if it makes sense, or, or well, to that point, it might make sense if they're closely enough related to merge them into a single more authoritative Yeah. Um, Totally. article, and, and that's, I think, where the, the real big takeaway here is um, if, if this is a problem for you, that's probably a sign that you are kind of competing with yourself with several articles that are addressing the same primary topic. Yeah. Uh, so look for ways to consolidate that content, be more thoughtful and, you know, how one article relates to another article. Um, in our show notes, uh, Ryan's putting a blurb here about um, adopting a pillar cluster model. It's something we talk about a lot with our clients. That makes total sense here. Um, so basically just figure out, like do your keyword research, figure out what that core topic, that primary keyword you want to target and ideally have one answer for that query, not multiple. Um, and you should be just fine. Uh, and then the other note here, just like a technical aspect is that Google will be treating domains and subdomains as one website. This means that if you're hosting your blog on a subdomain, this update will likely impact both sites equally. Something to keep in mind. So you're not going to get like, two results from blog.yourdomain.com and then two from www.yourdomain.com. Right. So check out the link and thanks Barry for the roundup and uh, let us know what you think. Next article comes from Andy Crestadina uh, for Orbit Media. Uh, this was a really cool article. Orbit yeah. Media does uh, really great content about um, blogging and SEO. We've, we've mentioned their articles in the past. Um, and this one I, I just thought was interesting. So, uh, the question comes up a lot when we're talking to our clients, like what's the impact that images have on SEO? Are they good for SEO? Are they bad for SEO? And Andy has a 
address that topic head on. The article is titled, How Images Affect SEO. Can adding a diagram really drive ranking? So he's actually kind of talking about diagrams in particular with this article, uh, which I really like. I think there's a lot of value in them. And yeah. uh, um, basically uh, in the old days, uh, the way Google will look at images is, oh, it's an image. Is that a tree or something? You started to understand the content of that image. Mm. It's gotten better at uh, understanding the real substance of it. So what is the text in that image? What is the, you know, is it a chart? What is that chart showing? Uh, so, um, Google's algorithms better at understanding these things these days. And, um, in the article, I think he goes into a lot of detail on how images are evaluated, what impact, um, what impact they could have. But uh, just to quote it, he says, we used to recommend adding an image. Oh, this is something that they advised to their clients. Yeah. I really liked, and we're probably going to steal it. <laughs> <laughs> so a nod to uh, orbit media for this wonderful idea that we'll test. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. But uh, they mentioned in the article, we used to recommend adding an image to every article. Now we recommend adding an image to every scroll depth of every article. So there's never a point in which the visitor doesn't see something of visual interest. I don't think that's an SEO consideration, but that's an well, I think, I think engagement, like, you know, you're keeping people hooked. Well, and even if, even if it's not, even if you're not, even if they're not reading the content thoroughly, even if it's that first sort of skim scan, yeah. um, if it keeps them for another couple of seconds, you're more likely to, to, to get them to say, yep. I, I think. Yeah. So the, the reason I like uh, charts and diagrams a lot for SEO purposes is that other people are looking for charts to steal data points to steal. Um, and they will turn to Google image search that says like, you know, what percentage of, uh, searches are on mobile. Mm. And if you've created this beautiful graph that is right at the top of Google image results, a hundred other bloggers are going to use your graph in their blog post. And hopefully they're going to give you credit and they're going to give you a link. So images can be gold for acquiring those external backlinks. If somebody's sneaky and they steal your image and they don't link back to you, you've got a wonderful link prospect. Reach out to those people and say, hey, glad you used our image. Would you mind giving us credit by linking to He us? says, scare them with law. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, so have your lawyer I mean, I'm call sure them. both work. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, good read and uh, kudos to those guys for um, writing this up. Any other thoughts, guys? No. That was pretty cool. Word. Um <laughs> Yeah, I will just add, like, when we have gone back to an existing article that was basically just text, even if it had a nice featured image, mm. adding supplemental images in the article works almost 100% of the time. Like, yeah. it just helps. It keeps people hooked. It's more engaging. It's more interesting. And just, it absolutely does help with just, uh, backlinks. It just gives people a, a rest. You know, it rests their eyes. Yeah. They're no longer afraid of the wall of text. Yeah. And I guess, like, an easy thing to do is just go to your blog content and look for any data point you mentioned, like any statistic. You could also do this with quotes. It doesn't have to just be data. You could also create a graphic to visualize an interesting quote that's in your article. And it we doesn't made, have to be your quote or your, no. uh, you know, if, if you're, if you're, if you're sourcing data from I don't know, the U S census, the census, just give credit to the U S census, but yeah. it's your image. And your image is what ultimately is going to get that link back. Back when I was an intern, I made a blog post yeah. about quotes and turned them all into images. Um, and I'm pretty sure. I don't think it ranks really well anymore. Oh, it was. It was rocking and rolling for a while. I know. We got to get on that. I know. Number two. Well, because now it's like 
10,000 inspirational marketing quotes. Yeah. What is it? No, you're still on the first page. Yeah, we, we slipped a little bit. Yeah, so for inspirational marketing quotes, we're like ranked number eight or something like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so our article, 35 inspirational marketing quotes to motivate your team, which is immediately followed by 35 of the best marketing quotes that will inspire you. Yeah, but I'm huh. there's out of the mm. out of the five images yeah. that are in that little carousel, Those three are of them are mine. Rock on, man. Yeah. Yeah, look at that. That's nice. Yep. That's nice. So we should do many. the backwards image search and find all the people that are using it and then Bingo. attack them for Bingo. links. Bingo. You got it. And we should also test this headline. Let me let me throw this at you. Thirty five inspirational marketing quotes that will make you feel tingly inside. Nope. I like everything I, about I that. I will not put my name to that. Anything that gets me tingly is a good thing. God, that, that would stand out in search. Come on. All right. Okay. The next one, I have not read this. I, yeah. I, I read this one. I put it in there. I'll be um, honest. I skimmed it. Yeah. Oh. So basically what's happening um, in, in Facebook's constant effort to regain the trust of their users, um, they put out this little blurb about how they're ranking uh, public comments and it they do it a lot like how they rank posts and there's a couple signals, and I think that this kind of backs into the whole, um, if you have a, an audience that is constantly engaging with your brand or your posts or whatever, you want to make sure you are responding to any negative comments because comments and replying to those comments with a positive, um, I don't know, demeanor is going to uh, boost boost up all of those engagements and, and show people that you're actually responding and taking care of these things. So. There's a couple things that they look for. The first one is integrity signals. We want people to see safe and authentic comments. If a comment violates our community standards, we remove it. Uh, the second one, what people tell us they want to see in comments. We've been using more surveys to help us understand the types of comments people want to see so we can rank those higher. There's a couple more, but basically the overall message here is that they are trying to give everyone a more positive experience when they go into their newsfeed which I have a problem with <laughs> because it's kind of like control. To me, it seems like it's controlling, not news. News is not the right word, well, but it's like controlling. I don't know how to say it. I just, so it to, feels weird. To be fair, have you ever gone on Facebook and seen like an article? And it's like, typically it's a political article. And then the first like 30 comments are just people trolling yeah. Like, it's really annoying if you're trying to have a substantial debate or conversation. You just see people, like, I don't know, comparing a certain political party to, like, Nazis or something, which happens all the time. Mm, yeah. um, and I like the idea of surfacing the quotes that are actually getting the engagement, getting um, people to respond, getting people to think, just having some more substance. Yeah. Okay. Like, that's right. my opinion. No, um, right. I think it's a, I think it's a good thing. But they've definitely been doing this for a while. Yeah. Yeah, it's just now they're kind of really putting it on paper, just much like they did with for the video and photo ranking stuff. So, pretty cool. Um, that brings us to the app of the week. App of the week. Which is organic research subfolder data. Yeah, so I haven't had a chance to kind of fiddle around with this, but I remember this comes from SEMrush, uh, which is a tool we use all the time. Really like, uh, really like it. Uh, if you're not familiar with SEMrush, it is a tool for... Everything SEO. Yeah, it's a little bit everything. Like I think they started off as purely a competitive research tool. Well, so if if you look at, I, I noticed this um, yesterday. Their title tag on the homepage is online visibility management platform, which makes me wonder if that hmm. was which one. I think it's a bad title tag for what they are. Yeah. Um, but I wonder if that's what they were originally. Um, 
that was what they were originally. Yeah. Um, I, I don't recall. Like I remember in the early days I would use it to find out how much traffic my competitors were getting. Mm-hmm. And I was super good at doing that. Um, but I didn't really use it for much more these days. We're using it to, uh, you know, uh, for kind of like weekly crawls of some of the websites we support, uh, to track rankings, um, but also to do keyword research, to do competitive analysis, backlink analysis, uh, PPC analysis. It's it's a really a, a wonderful tool. Um, we rely heavy on it. It's heavily on it. It's maybe not the the best data all the time, but the breadth of it is is pretty amazing. Um, so anyway, uh, one of its shortcomings has always been that you cannot do a competitive analysis based on a subdirectory. Now, for most websites, that probably doesn't matter because you know. Well, most businesses, like, you know, they're small business, 50 to 100 people at most, right? And uh, all the content, everything you need to understand may live, like, you know, at the root in a handful of subdirectories, and that's totally fine. But if you are competing against a large organization that may have multiple business units or potentially, like, you know, you are an SEO consultant or a marketer who's only responsible for a very specific product or a specific product line. You don't want to look at your competitor's full website. You want to just look at that very narrow part of their website, the part that competes directly with what you're supporting. Usually that content lives in a subdirectory. So this update makes that far more possible. Um, you know, you can look at, um, uh, don't make who, me. who am I competing mm-hmm. against today, guys? Um, um Bob's burgers. Yeah. Com. Yeah. So like, all right, well, no, no, Bob's burger. Let's say Bob's, uh, bacon, Bob's fast food. All right. So okay. Bob's fast right. food, Bob's Bob has food. hot dogs, Bob has burgers, but I'm only competing against his burgers. So I want to look at his burgers directory. Let's see what he's doing. You could now do this with SEM rush. Super easy, super cool. And uh, that's really all there is to it. You can go there and see what, um, keywords this ranking for. I'm actually, I should check this, but I imagine you could also do like everything else you could usually do in SEM rush back, backlink analysis. PPC analysis. Mm-hmm. What does it say, guys? You yeah. got it open. No, you can. Yeah. So, like everything that is available to you in SEM Rush, you can now restrict it to the subdirectory level. Which I guess you used to be able to do, like if you kind of broke the system a little bit, according to some people. I haven't figured out a way. Like I've, I've, I've approached them many times uh, in person to say, "Why can't I do this?" <laughs> and they'd be like, "No, because nobody else wants to." So let's let's chalk this up as another Sean Henry contribution. I'll take credit. SEO. I'll okay. take credit. Yeah. Great. Why not? Congrats, Sean. Yeah. So there you go. Check it out. Um, and that leads us to the lightning round. Lightning round. Number one, Lyrics site accuses Google of lifting its content. That They did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting because they, they tweeted and said, yeah, we're investigating. It seems one of our data partners maybe hasn't been following our policy. And if so, we will terminate them. But that's kind of scary. Yeah. Number two, Adobe Research and UC Berkeley detecting face ma- facial manipulations in Adobe Photoshop. So I actually tried to do this. Really? Yeah. Did it work? Oh, it detects? Oh, maybe this isn't the same thing. Yeah, so basically what's happening is that it can look at a photo. So let's say that there was a photo that was put out by, I don't know, some makeup, whatever. Yeah. And they can detect if that face or their body had been manipulated. Well, I actually, no, only face, wild, sorry. Like, probably like two, three years. It'll be super easy for all of us to know. To like take somebody like somebody famous, take their face, slap it on like our body, and just say whatever we want and have it believable that that person's 
saying and doing those did things. Did you guys see the scary uh, Zuckerberg video last week? No. Where it was someone, you know, a deep, a deep, deep fake um, video of yeah. him, like, criticizing Facebook. No, I didn't. Oh, it was funny. It was, it, like, it, it, there were glitches, but it was believable enough. Yeah. Like, you just watched it quick. Yeah. Well, there, I, I saw some other update. It was, like, uh, video editing by, uh, like, typing. It was just, it's just crazy how easy all this stuff is going to be in such a short window of time. And that's both a good thing and a very bad thing. So number three, Google launches new search menu icons or new search menu with icons, which nothing. That's desktop. Whatevs. Yeah. That's cool. The most popular social media networks each year, gloriously animated. I thought it was cool. Shows the rise rise of Facebook and YouTube and Facebook ruined everything. I, I keep thinking back. Sean liked MySpace. Well, it was stupid. MySpace was stupid. It was harmless. You know, it was fun, but it was stupid. I remember how you could put music, like as soon as someone landed on your profile, you yeah. could put music that played. Yeah. Oh, MySpace, God. I don't think was a threat to the internet. Facebook is a threat. To the I internet. never had MySpace. I, Just to be fair. Dude, I had MySpace. I don't know how this, how well like this all aligns, but I, I feel like in the same year that Google Reader died, Facebook exploded and we all got dumb. We all definitely got dumb. I'm yeah. not sure exactly when it happened, but it happened. What will come next? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that is the stack. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, it matters a lot to us to get that feedback. Uh, so don't be a lurker. No lurkers here. No lurkers. Yeah. Lurkers, no lurking. I was going to say that. Damn it. I got to it first. <laughs> Door of the Explorer, Sean. Yeah, I don't know. And we will see you next week.